Okay, here we are moving along in the New Testament. We are getting there. We're moving through Luke, Luke's gospel. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. <clears throat> the words from the famous Amazing Grace. You know, that song Amazing Grace has been recorded a lot of times, a lot of times by a lot of people. You know, that Amazing Grace was played at Woodstock. I think it was Joan Baez saying Amazing Grace at Woodstock. So, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. So, we're going to look at lost things. Jesus is going to tell some parables. Again, what are parables? They're stories that are intended to give us a spiritual meaning, a spiritual lesson. Chapter 15 of Luke, verse 1. Now, <clears throat> the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Some were gathering around to criticize him, and some were gathering around because they wanted to be fed. The words of life, the word from the word of life. But the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, muttered. Maybe we should read this next sentence in moderate. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Yes, this man does welcome sinners and he does eat with them. That's their complaint. So Jesus told him this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and you lost one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country to go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. And then he calls all his friends and his neighbors together and he said, Rejoice with me, I found that lost sheep. You wouldn't believe where I found this thing. I tell you that in the same way there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous people that don't need to repent. So when the lost come home, we're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to sing for joy. We're supposed to clap and cheer. <clears throat> Lost things. Jesus finds lost things. Verse 8. Or suppose. So play this one out in your mind and make believe it's you. Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and she loses one. A silver coin would be worth some money. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? Kind of what I do with my keys. I can never find my keys. I'm looking all over for them desperately. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. A couple of lessons there. One of them is that it talks about one. One sinner. When one sinner repents, it's a cause for absolute celebration. Repenting, changing their mind, and coming to God. <clears throat> There's rejoicing with the angels. Heaven is singing when people come home. And Pharisees are hissing and, and muttering and muttering. This man welcomes and eats with sinners. Now Jesus continued. He's on a run here. Might as well go for it. He said there was a man that had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. 
little odd to ask dad, can you have your inheritance early? I know some people that have gotten their inheritance early and the ones I know, they, they blew it. They blew the whole thing. They don't have anything left from that inheritance. Verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he lives in California. He's going to New York. Maybe he lives in New York. He's going to Los Angeles. Maybe he lives in Paris. He's coming to the USA. Gets all his stuff and heads off to a distant country. And he squandered all his wealth and wild living. Dancing all night and drinking and having a good time and cheering everybody up and being the party himself. He's the party. Well, after he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. Now everybody is in trouble. And he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Somebody's got to feed pigs. But, you know, this guy was once uh, living with his dad, and his dad's rather wealthy, and he's feeding the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would even give him any pig pods. <clears throat> when he came to his senses, I love that phrase, when he came to his senses. And I think maybe we know some people that need to come to their senses. Paul talks about this in Timothy. He says, you know, people who have gone astray, he talks about actually people being captive to the devil to do his will. And he says, pray that they might come to their senses. Lord, right now, <clears throat> we pray for some people that we know that they would come to their senses, that they would come and understand what in the world is going on and what in the world they've done, and that they might turn, they might repent. Lord, that word means change your mind, right? So that they might change their mind and come to you. And use us, Lord, to bring some people to you. Please use us. <clears throat> Longed to fill his stomach with pea pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, who'd he say it to? Who'd he say it to? Said it to himself, probably. And he said, how many of my father's servants, his hired servants, have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. These guys are taking their styrofoam boxes full of leftovers and putting them in their ice boxes. They've got all kinds of food. They've got extra food. This guy can't even get anybody to give him pig pods. He says, I'm starving to death. He says, I'm going to set, set out. I'm going to go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. I'll just come and work. If you don't mind, give me a job. I'll work for you, pups. He got up and he went to his father. But while he's still a long way off, his father Saruman was filled with compassion for him. Uh, he sees him from a long way off. He probably recognizes him, right? Maybe the way that he walks. Do you know how you can sometimes recognize people? You, you can even see them from the back. And you see the way that they're walking and you know that it's them. You can see them just the, by the way they move. And this kid is a long way off and the father sees him a long way off. And the father runs to him. Now this, you know, he's an older man running to the kid in the field. 
He's undignifying himself. And he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. You're home. I love that. And the son said, you know what the son says? The son says what he rehearsed in his mind a few verses back. You ever do that? You rehearse these things in your mind and, <clears throat> and when you get there, you give the line that you've been going over and over again in your head. So he gives the line, the rehearsed line. Father, I have sinned against you and sinned against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The father said to his servants, he didn't, the father didn't even acknowledge that. Like, whatever, come on, forget it, you're my son. And he said, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, put sandals on his feet. Look at his kid, he's dressed like a bum. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast, let's celebrate. In the middle of the work day, apparently, we're going to have a party in the middle of the work day. 1.30 in the afternoon, go get the crew, go get the food, go get the fatted calf. Let's have a party. Let's have a party at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. The kid's home. He said, this son of mine was dead, and now he's alive. He was lost, and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. And he called one of the servants. He said, what in the world is going on? It's the middle of the afternoon. And they said, your brother's come home. And your father killed the fatted calf. Because he, <clears throat> the fatted calf, because he, he was, he's back safe and sound. And the older brother became so angry. And he refused to go in. I'm not going in. You know, that kid's been a bum. So the father went out and he pleaded with him. Come on, come to the party. Your, your brother's home. And he answered his father. He said, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me a young goat. You never gave me a party with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes, dad, did you know he was with prostitutes? That he took your money, he was with prostitutes with your money? Did you know that? Well, I, God has given us life. He gave me life. And I can tell you, I did some bad things with the life God gave me. He said, when he comes home, you kill, kill the fatted calf. And the father said, look, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. This really is the parable of the older brother. This is the Pharisees and the Sadducees who they just can't deal with the fact that all of these other people are coming to know God. <clears throat> they don't want that. They've been doing this for, for centuries and now we're going to let these guys in. It's also the extravagant father, the extravagant love of God, who he pours out his love and pours out everything he has on this son who had squandered everything. Welcome home. Hey, love you guys. Let's move on with Luke. Bless you.